Well, it's a little strange, but it's also we've entered a time where the world is kind of digital first now. We used to live in the real world and we occasionally went online, but now we live online. Yeah. We go into yeah. the room. That flow is getting reversed. So, you know, buying digital art and then showing it on digital screens. Yeah, that's so strange anyway. Welcome to the Bold Brush Podcast, where we believe that fortune favors the bold brush. My name is Laura Arango Bayer, and I'm your host. Recently, I sat down with Clint Watson, our CEO, and Francine Krieg, a Dutch painter who, after reading one of Clint's recent articles on NFTs, wanted to share her positive experiences and to dispel any myths that may have come up in the art world because of NFTs. So we all sat down and had a very enlightening chat about NFTs, what's true and what isn't, and up-and-coming cryptocurrencies such as Tezos that have made it much more accessible for artists to sell and mint their NFTs online. She also tells us a few tips on how to get started on NFTs and also tips on how to start gaining collectors for your NFTs. Hello, Clinton Francine. How are you guys today? Yeah. Well, you know, the world is a mess, but I'm fine. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so we are gathered here today to talk about the very fantastic and booming world of NFTs that has created such a huge divide. I'm one of those people who's still really confused about NFTs, and I wanted to hear first a quick explanation about what NFTs are, just for our listeners. It means uh, the non-fungible token, and it's uh, like a, a digital picture or whatever, or uh, a little film even, it can be on the blockchain, they call it, on the big blockchain. That's in very short terms. Well, maybe Clint has a more technical uh, explanation uh, of the word. Well, I do have an article on what, what it technically means, but we're going to burn a lot of time if we get into the definition exactly. on fungible and blockchain and all of that. But essentially, it's a way for owns a piece of digital information. Oh, yeah. And in the case of the art world, it usually means that someone owns a token on a blockchain that points to an image. Sounds much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we could also link sure, the sure. article in the show notes. That way people can go check them out and educate themselves so that this episode makes a yeah. little more sense to them. Now that we've got that covered and I will be including those links in the show note, I wanted to hear a little bit more about what you guys have been talking about in terms of what Tezos is and how this is opening doors to artists. Clint, if you can <laughs> enlighten yeah. us. Well, this conversation started because I wrote a series of articles about NFTs and the ones we're going to link to. The first one was explaining what an NFT is in technical terms. The second one was how they're being used in the art world because NFTs are also used for non-artwork purposes and kind of arguing both sides, you know, because the opinions about NFTs in the art world range from it's complete snake oil and a waste of money to it's the next big thing that is changing the entire art world for, for the better, right? <laughs> so I kind of presented both sides, my feeling about why I think there is something to it. And then the third one was, was the one that Francian responded to, which was I was kind of recommending you know, whether you should consider selling your own art as NFTs or not. And I was basically saying my position was, you know, unless you really know what you're doing, maybe you should hold off a little bit. But I was speaking mostly about NFTs minted on the Ethereum blockchain. Mm -hmm. And then Ian reached out to me and I hope I'm saying your name correctly. 
me on Twitter and said, well, I really would like to share my experience about Tezos because there's a great community of artists and it's been very positive and it doesn't have a lot of the problems that the Ethereum blockchain does have. And then I suggested, why don't we have that discussion with Laura so that this can become a podcast episode? I'm really glad to have you both here talking about this because I was also really confused about NFTs and Ethereum. And like you had mentioned in your articles, it's really inaccessible for a lot of people in that way. Like, how do you get Ethereum and then the gas fees and this? But I wanted to hear more about Tezos and Francine, if you don't mind giving us a bit of your experience, since you mentioned you've been doing this for... Was it four months? <laughs> well, you know, I, I also started with Ethereum. So I also know a little bit of that world. But, you know, you have to be open to get advice from, from people who are, have ex- more experience. And I discovered it was such a warm community from the start that I made a lot of friends very quickly and people were very helpful. And so, yeah, already, I think after one month, uh, I discovered the Tezos community. Like everybody, I, I also got the feeling there was... a uh, lot of scamming going on on Ethereum. I even had also that experience myself, but I also heard from a lot of colleagues they had very bad experience with Ethereum. And Tezos is very much a lot of traditional artists active in that community. And that is also a big difference with the whole Ethereum NFT world, where it's a lot about the collectibles. And they put everything on, on one pile, sort of speak, saying the collectibles and the digital art, uh, it's all in the, on the same platform. And a Tezos community is yeah more focusing on traditional art, but but also a lot of digital art actually. Mm. And then oh. Tezos is another crypto coin. Uh, and and oh. Ethereum is crypto. And Ethereum is, of course, uh, more stable and already uh, existing for a much longer time and uh, has developed its, itself in a very good way. Uh, you know, it's worth much more than a few years ago, like Bitcoin almost. Mm-hmm. And Tezos is more a new crypto coin, but also uh, it's very promising. So people are very optimistic about where the Tezos is going. And actually, at the moment, it's uh, it dropped a lot. <laughs> but if you look at a year ago, you see that it's through the year, it's going like up and down, up and down, and I'm sure it will go up again. Even uh, uh, during the day, it's it's fluctuating a lot. But I think that is the same with Ethereum probably. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it's it's not bad for environment. And for me, that was maybe a big part of my decision to focus more on Tezos. I felt a little bit bad doing the block on the blockchain with Ethereum because of all these super computers lo- using a lot of gas. And also it's, it costs a lot of money to mint the pieces on Ethereum as an artist. Right. I just wanted to add your original question about what's the difference. One way to think about each blockchain is if you if you loosely think about a blockchain as a big database mm-hmm. and don't even worry about for a moment that it's decentralized and the mining and all of that, but there's Bitcoin is one database, Ethereum is one database, Tezos is one database, and mm-hmm. each, each coin is a big database. And so your question of what's the difference in Ethereum and Tezos is they don't talk to each other because they're separate databases. So you kind of have to pick which one is most appropriate for your use case. For Bitcoin, that's money. 
money for Ethereum. It's different types of applications. I don't know if Tezos was designed for art, but it seems to be used a lot for that purpose. Yeah, so, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the euro versus the dollar. They don't, except they don't Two different really things. affect yeah. each or, other. Or, yeah. Or it's kind of like one website versus another, right? Are you going to list your art on Etsy? Are you going to list it on Saatchi Art? You know, and they don't talk right. to each other. So you yes, sort of have, you have to pick your community up front. Oh, that's a good way of saying yeah. it. <laughs> and then I did want to ask you, Clint, because in your second article, you did talk about at the very end, you mentioned holding off on NFT until you know you gain some popularity as an artist or one of your pieces goes viral so for someone like me for example i i've yet to go viral or have any pieces that are big but maybe i'm interested in nfts what would you suggest so I'm coming from the tech world and I see a lot of things built on top of Ethereum. And the people that I've seen being successful tend to be people that know how to build a big following and know how to get things to go viral. And the ones I've seen that have done really well are the ones who promote an image, say, on social media first, and they get that image out there, and then they mint the NFT of the image, and there's already a demand for that image. Mm -hmm. That's why I was actually kind of excited when Francine reached out to us, because she's talking about the support of the Tezos community, and maybe it's different. In, you know, Maybe, I'm hoping she's going to say, because it sort of has a community of traditional artists, maybe you don't need to have such a big following on social media or be an expert on getting things to go viral to be, have some success with it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experience with well, Tessus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm already working as an artist for 20 years, so I did already have a, a group of followers on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm not so active anymore, but on Instagram, I think I'm now 17,000 and a half, something like that. So I thought, okay, so I, you know, I already have a good start for starting in the NFT, but you know, the place to be for NFT is Twitter. That is the most important place to, uh, to connect to other NFT artists. And there I had no experience. I had zero followers. So actually I had to start all over again, looking for new followers and it's going really slowly. I have now know a little more over 2000 but you know i'm doing quite well the big advice to you is start showing yourself on on twitter in the in the nft community uh, because that is uh, as soon as you start putting the hashtags nft and yeah you have to start low to get some goodwill from the community start low on your tasels what you're asking in the beginning your editions should not be too small but also not too large like not a few hundred here, Francine is using the word edition. What she means by edition is that it can be comparable to having more than one print of the same art piece. You are selling multiple prints of one piece, though in this case, it is NFTs. That's also the nice thing of Tesos, that you can offer your NFTs in an edition. And on mm -hmm. Ethereum, I think it's also possible, but you don't see this very often. It's always a single edition. Mm -hmm. and, and the gas fees is like, uh, like almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, and ob object, I think, is the most popular place. But there's at the moment a lot of new platforms developing uh, on Tesos, but also on different kind of on the feed chain. You said, can, can you explain a little bit about what you mean when you say uh, keep your additions low? Yeah. Well, um, if you're really if you're just starting out, then you, the additions should not be too low because you need to uh, spread your NFTs and find your circle. But as soon as you have a, like a big group of followers, you should make the additions smaller. Uh, yeah, slowly on raise your uh, raise your uh, prices. 
And all the leftovers, you have to burn them. That is also very important. It's like a, a question and demands thing. You have to create scarcity of your work. Right. Well, that's just all advice I got from colleagues, and it, it works really well. If I understand correctly, by addition, you're talking about you would mint an NFT on the Tezos blockchain, and it would be you might have an addition of 10 NFTs of that particular image. Exactly. Yeah, but you're yeah like they were prints. Right, right. Except on paper, one is a token on the blockchain. And then if if they don't sell, you destroy, you burn the rest of them. Here, when we're referring to burning an NFT, we're simply meaning that your NFT is transferred to a wallet address owned by nobody. In the case of online crypto and coins, an online wallet is simply where you keep your NFTs and your Ethereum or your Tezos. By putting this NFT in a wallet that is owned by nobody, you are basically making the NFT unusable, though it still exists. In this case, this causes your NFTs that are not burned to become more valuable since they are more scarce. Yeah, because I had a moment that I had a lot of NFTs unsold and there was not a lot of movement and someone, it was a collector also, his name is uh, 007 Shank. (laughs) And uh, he advised me to burn all the the, the leftover editions and uh, do that every time. When you offer a new edition, it's not sold out within one or two days. Just burn the leftovers. It will make people eager. It's like you're playing a little bit with the people also. Sure. I do have a follow-up question, though. I may have misunderstood. When when an artist is first starting out with Tezos, Francine, are you saying they should they should start with one of one editions, or they should start with higher editions? Yeah, higher editions. Yeah, mm. I was talking higher editions. Because first, the work needs to spread itself, the community. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, is this one reason why you need to be on Twitter? Because what I've learned, what I've noticed with Twitter is that yeah. it's much easier to get something to go viral on Twitter and for people to spread yeah. the image than it is on Instagram. For example, Definitely. You on Instagram, you can't regram something. You can't just click a button. Yeah. But yeah. I've noticed yeah. NFT collectors buy something, they post it on Twitter, they they retweet the original post by the artist and it tends to be able to spread very quickly. Uh, Actually, I noticed that on Instagram, there's no interest at all in NFTs. I think none of my followers on Instagram uh, showed any interest. I posted a couple of times something about NFT and it got the least response compared to my normal posts. Uh, I think that comes down to people not really understanding what NFTs are. And the majority of people on Instagram, I'd say that they're on the side of they don't care about NFTs or they think they're a scam or like it's like Clint said. And that's why for me it was so important to tell a little bit about my positive experience because uh, not only from Clint, the the article which I read, but it is all the time on television uh, programs it's only negative. It's only about the Ethereum, about the collectibles, about the scams. And I, I was a little fed up with that. I thought, <laughs> because my experience was oh, it's only good. Really, it's only good. This podcast is brought to you by Faso. If you're listening to this, it's safe to say that you're probably an artist and you've probably struggled, like most of us have, to sell your work online using some random website building platform that isn't even made for artists. If this sounds like you, then check out faso.com forward slash podcast. Faso is an art marketing platform specifically designed for artists to help showcase your work. And not only that, it'll also help you sell your work thanks to their really easy built-in e-commerce and marketing channels that help promote your work to over 48,000 collectors. 
On top of that, you'll also get access to marketing tips and help with your social media from top people in the industry. So if this sounds like a really great thing and you want to take your artwork to the next level and sell as much as you can, then go check out thaso.com forward slash podcast. Bold Brush would also like to give a huge thank you and shout out to Chelsea Classical Studio for their continued support in this podcast. If you're interested in archival painting supplies handmade with a lot of patience, go check out their Instagram at ZCS Fine Art Materials. As an artist, mostly you're working a lot alone. It's like very solo uh, occupation. Artists among each other are not always the, the type of people who wish the best for each other. You know, it's like a lot of competition going on. And I feel that is completely not there on Twitter because we support each other. I'm even buying a lot of art from uh, colleagues. No, it's the buyers are, I think, maybe one third, maybe more even uh, are the artists. I've noticed that. Yeah. And I yeah. agree, you know, before NFTs, there, Twitter was a desert for artists. And as yeah. someone active on Twitter, I'm loving interacting with so many artists suddenly because they're doing NFTs. But that's been the biggest change I've noticed, too, is that so often they're collecting each other's work, which is just fantastic. It's fantastic. And it's also very sincere. It's not like just an act to be liked or anything. It's because, you know, we are all so passionate about art. And so you find your own group in that way because you connect with people that you like, the art that you uh, appreciate. Yeah, you know that and even, that comes uh, into what you said about name, communities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even um, uh, Jeremy Lipkin, because we're really looking for high quality art that um, that also, you know, the, 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 the better artist, if I can say it like that, uh, they, they want to come to this Tezos community. And I think the bigger it gets, the more it will grow, the more collectors it will attract. And even someone like Jeremy Lipkin, he made the step to the Tezos community and had his first uh, Tezos. Uh, had a, even they made a, a little surprise party or a drop party uh, by Lawrence Fuller. He's like a very, very important um, person in the Tezos community. He's a um, British actor also, but he's also a, a, an artist. And he's doing a lot for the community. So he's organizing a lot of Twitter spaces. That's also an important part. I don't know if you heard of those, the Twitter spaces. No. No? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah it's, so, Twitter, it's Twitter's clone of Clubhouse, if you remember Clubhouse. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Clubhouse. basically audio chat rooms, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, nothing more. Yeah, Clubhouse was in the beginning also quite important for NFT. Uh, I I went there a couple of times, but, uh, no, but for me, it was not uh, not so interesting. Uh, you have Discord groups is also important mm-hmm. platform. There's a lot of NFT artists very active in Discord groups. But for me, I think the Twitter spaces are the are the best. Uh, and they happen uh, a lot. Yeah. Wow. I actually have a question in terms of what if you're selling NFTs, like say you have 10 editions, but... Only one of the NFTs includes the physical piece. Like how how does that work? You know, you can set your own rules with the whole NFT thing. That is so exciting about it. You can you can do the deal that fits with how you like it. So you can do the physical work. You can do a single edition with the physical work. You can sell uh, like the highest offers get the physical signed print, for example. That I see that also uh, a lot. So you can set your own rules. That's um, 
and you know, there's things are still changing a lot. So it's not like there's just one way. The way I'm talking about it is only my experience, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that another artist has completely different experience and and is also successful with it. So just also have to try out things, discover because it's all yeah. still in the children's shoes. I don't know, this uh, <laughs> the same expression in English. <laughs> It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. It's still very early days. I mean, it's only yeah, been and you, a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Since it got and popularized of because that, of people. Yeah. 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 Well, it exists a little longer. Could you explain maybe like what's involved for some an artist who hasn't ever done it before? What's involved in getting started and you know going yeah. from going from knowing nothing to have minted their first NFT on Tezos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it took me um I think two weeks to get started even. Here, Francine is going to tell us a little bit about her cryptocurrency wallet. So a cryptocurrency wallet is an app that allows cryptocurrency users to store and retrieve their digital assets. Another thing that's really important to note is that not every wallet handles certain crypto coins as well. So for instance, you might have a certain crypto wallet for your Ethereum versus another crypto wallet for your Tezos. You know, I have my Temple wallets in my browser. I have my MetaMask wallet. So those are digital wallets that connects to the platform. That is also mm-hmm. your uh, sort of your identity. Connects Does to MetaMask for Tezos? Yeah, no, that's for Ethereum. Yeah, MetaMask is for Ethereum. Okay. I'm still also on Ethereum, but not so active. <laughs> it costs too much money to mint. It's crazy. Yeah. It is also vital to note that when you are minting an NFT, it simply means that you are creating an NFT and in order to create one, you decide what cryptocurrency you are going to use. And this is what's going to dictate the cost of minting. So for instance, if you were to mint an NFT using Tesos at this moment, it would cost about 30 cents in US dollar versus if you were going to mint in Ethereum, which would be much, much more expensive. Another important thing to note is that once you do mint an NFT, this is also going to dictate the platform that you are on. So if you're trying to sell NFTs using Tezos, you would have to be on a platform that functions with Tezos. If you're going to sell NFTs using Ethereum, then maybe something like OpenSea or a different platform might be better. So wait, so on the website for Tezos or like uh, the website where, say, Jeremy Lipking dropped his NFTs, how do you just sign up? And then from there, it tells you how to get a wallet, you know, like a, a digital wallet, or I don't yeah, even know the yeah, terms yeah. properly either. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah you, you have to uh, connect your digital uh, wallet. So that was for me the most uh, difficult part of how to set up this digital wallet, because you have like a, a very complicated di- technical stuff. Uh, it will get easier in time, I think. And maybe... Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm 48, maybe I'm from a different generation that the younger generation, uh, they understand it uh, quicker than I do. (laughs) Uh, Because it took me a long time and a lot of uh, cursing was going on here because then you have to remember like a secret phrase that's very important to write down the secret phrase, but you cannot uh, have it on the computer because, you know, uh, so that's also a very... um, a little bit complicated, that was for me. Mm-hmm. But that, that's the first step. And that's that digital wallet that connects you to the platform, to your profile. So every, t- every time if I go to my uh, object page, I have to be connected to my uh, temple wallet. And yeah, so if you want to uh, mint a piece that also goes through 
the wallet. And does it cost uh, on Tezos? Does it cost any money at all to mint a piece? Mi- minimal, minimal. Uh, I think maybe one Tezos. If you want to create a new collection, that costs one Tezos, and one Tezos is three dollar, uh, no, three and a half dollar or something like that. And and I- and, and just listing works is like a few cents. Okay. Yeah, that, that's so nice about Tezos, I think. And by, <laughs> so, by comparison, like, what are gas fees on Ethereum? So to explain a little, a gas fee is basically a fee that you pay in order to mint. And it's almost like if you were trying to cash out from an ATM and the ATM charges you a certain fee, say $3, $5. This same thing applies to when you're minting an NFT. Yeah, you pay hundreds of dollars to just list the work on Ethereum and on Tezos cost you hardly anything. That makes it much easier to, to start mm-hmm. using it. And, you know, you, there's a lot of options. You can uh, do uh, collaborations that is very popular uh, in the Tezos community. I think in Ethereum maybe also, but I don't have experience in Ethereum doing collaborations. But, you know... Um, I, I've done like four collaborations now with other artists. You just you make an artwork together and these platforms makes it also possible to split the, the royalties that you each get 50% of the royalties because that's you know, the, maybe the, the very interesting part of the NFT that you can have an after sale. You, I sell out my whole edition and then it goes to the secondary market. You can uh, define, you can set your own royalty fee between 10% to 25%. So, you know, if you are a modest person, you would say, well, I just take 10%. You think, no, I deserve more. You put it on 25%. That's, you can make these choices yourself. So that's very nice. And I think, I think that's the other thing that I had when I first started reading about NFTs. That's what drew me towards them. Because when you have a physical piece and you yeah. sell it once, you never get more money from it. But with NFTs, exactly. you do get yeah. those royalties. So I think so that's amazing. one of the attractive things. Yeah, it's Definitely. like if it gets yeah. auctioned off, you get yeah. royalties from it. Yeah, Not yeah. like in Sotheby's yeah. where you, you don't get anything. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it puts the, the power back in the hands of the artist because it's always will be connected to the creator. And that is really, I think, such a, a big improvement compared to the more old-fashioned world. With, I mean, I still like galleries, but you know, I'm doing less and less with, with that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's also started with the whole uh, the COVID period, of course, that it was more com- getting more complicated to actually go to a gallery. So everything is happening more online. And, and now this NFT uh, adds up to that situation uh, and makes it um, much more interesting, I think, for the artists. I, I hear so many stories of artists who now can make a, a living from, uh, from their art. They first had a day job and they, had, they can cancel their day job and just live from art. How, how cool is that? Huh? Yeah, that's wonderful. I have a question about, from your perspective as someone who's been doing it a few months, if someone were to get started with Tezos, and I, I realize this, the answer to this will vary widely by artist, but what do NFTs sell for on Tezos typically? Well, that all depends, I think, of the quality of the art, because I can tell you that Jeremy Lipkin, it was his primera, was his first time on Tezos, and he was uh, selling for between 70 Tezos per piece uh, to 120, something like that. 
And that is, you know, if you are a newcomer in the Tezos community, that's ex- extremely high. Because right. uh, normally you start like, I started also uh, two, two, two to three Tezos per piece, something like that. And that is, so do the calculation. And right. the higher the addition, the more you can, you can earn from it. But right. if you're so not... Three Tezos would be like seven to $10 and Jeremy's would be like three to 500 yeah, per piece, and he had twenty-five pieces, so it was uh, he made a good deal of a work that he probably sold already a long time ago for for a big amount. That's right. And and on the and I bought a work even from Jeremy Lipkin on the secondary market because it was in the middle of the night when he had this drop party. So I went to bed and I placed my offer. It was forty-four tesos, and I was like praying, please let it be enough, because he was only accepting the top offers, and he had he had like. 60 or 70 offers I don't remember even and I woke up next morning and discovered that uh, my offer had been too low uh, and so the next uh, option for me was to buy for 150 uh, tesos but yes I wanted to have it so I, <laughs> so I did it <laughs> I bought it it's, it's my highest uh, amount what I spent on the NFT till wow. now yeah so it's almost like eBay where you you like you auction, it's almost like a little auction or something where people give you an offer and you can either say yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. But that only works if you're really popular. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jerry, like Jeremy Lipkin. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do see it with a, a few other artists. Well, sometimes I have like a very good uh, popular work that sells out also in one hour, something like that. But I, I didn't have that they were, you know, uh, making offers that it's going over my. Uh, uh, asking price. I, I didn't have that pleasure yet, but now I'm just starting. Who knows where, mm. where it's going? <laughs> do do yeah. people typically um, offer the original art with the NFTs or that's... Hardly, hardly. That is... Uh, I don't see that... Well, I see it sometimes. A few artists uh, do it. Those are the artists who really are coming from the traditional art world, working with galleries. Tanya Revilis, maybe you know her work. Yes. Yeah, it's also quite popular. Well, she's doing that. Um, she's offering, but she's doing also on the Ethereum. She's also very good in selling on Ethereum. She has done very a good successful. job. She's done a good job at getting attention on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tweeted and, and and quote tweeted, and I mean, people definitely. I mean, she she supports other artists too, but I see her work in yeah. my time. <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah she's a nice person as well uh, I'm, I'm even gonna do a collaboration with her soon so that i'm looking oh, forward nice. to that and i oh, you know you. i have i have one of her works also you know everybody can be, become a collector suddenly that is also so funny you know before the artists were like the poor bastards no didn't they <laughs> <laughs> a little bit and now we are all collectors and that is it makes it so accessible for everybody uh yeah to share that passion for art so you mentioned you bought one of jeremy lipkin's nfts so from the collector side now what do you do with those like what are you gonna do with it (laughs) like do you well you or you look at it do you pull it up on object every now and then yeah (laughs) out (laughs) yeah i I understand that question like yeah what do you do with it so there are a lot of collectors they um doing this the virtual gallery thing they they make this you know this this apps yeah. 
Yes, you can yes. install and you can uh, have the space filled with your collection and then and then share this gallery with everybody and be proud of of your collection it's a little bit sometimes also a little bit showing off to each other look what i have that's also part of it you can put on the secondary market I, i'm doing that a lot and then for a much higher price i, I put the jeremy lipkin for 500 tesos now um you know if i can sell for that price i will feel good about it I love his work, yeah. but if I can sell for 500, it's also uh, doing a lot of uh, business, looking at things mm -hmm. from a business point of view. And of course, you have maybe like the really precious works that you say, I, I will never sell that. As many collectors, especially the, the single editions. That's why, because I had a lot of requests lately from uh, collectors asking, do you have single editions? Can I buy single edition? And of course, it's an honor and it's always nice if someone wants to buy your work. But for me, it is a little less interesting to sell a single edition because there will not be any after sales on the secondary market. Because mm. the, the single editions, the people always, they keep it. They want to keep it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, imagine these 3D gallery spaces in the future when there's true virtual reality, right? The collector is a virtual reality gallery of their NFT collection. And you can just walk in the space and, and touch it and, and see the structure and everything. But, you know, the crazy development that will be, I don't know, somewhere next year, I was asked also to join in some very popular gallery that a, uh, a painting of mine, they will project again on the screen. And there will be an exhibition instead of just hanging the painting. You no, know, she will show my painting on the screen in the gallery. For me, that is so bizarre. I think <laughs> what a strange yeah, development. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can understand know. from the dig digital art, I can understand it. If you have like some animated art, which is moving and you fill the gallery with this kind of art. But to, yeah, to hang in the gallery, the, the screen with the painting on it, that is, I think, a little strange in my eyes. But okay, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the de development at the moment. Well, it's a little strange, but it's also we've entered a time where the world is kind of digital first now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah our sure. Pandemic and everybody zooms now and everybody gets food delivered. You we used to live in the real yeah. world. And we occasionally went online, but now we live online. Yeah. We go into yeah. the room. So yeah, it's kind it's of that flow is getting reversed. So, you yeah. know, buying digital art and then showing it on digital screens. Yeah. Not so from, strange anymore. Especially from a generation who grew up on video games. Right. That kind of makes sense. The thing I hope maybe it happens is I remember when people first got into, you know, they stopped wearing watches because they carried phones or young people didn't wear, yeah. wear watches. Then I knew people that started, they started with the Apple watch because they had the iPhone. And I've known a number of people through that who then actually started getting interested in physical watches and started buying a Rolex or whatever. And I'm hoping maybe this attention that NFTs is bringing to the art world will lead people to get more interested in original art. They may start with NFTs, oh, yeah. then they're Definitely. interested in artists. And as that interest grows, we've all been looking for a way to get more people interested in art. And it yeah. seems like mm -hmm. maybe we finally have one, right? Well, you have a good point yeah. there. I think it will work that way, that uh, you can reach a bigger, younger audience now through the NFTs to get interest in art. Uh, and the interest in the physical works will always be there. You cannot get around, yeah. uh, go around if that. Any, yeah, if anything, sure. it's more valuable, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that boom that happened for a while where people started buying vinyls again because (laughs) they were tired of MP3 files. They were like, I want to hear like the raw audio. I feel like that's what's going to happen because one of the things that, you know, as, as an artist that I enjoy about a painting is when I see it in person, and I see yeah. the brushstrokes and I see everything. Cameras yeah. can't really capture that properly. They can't really capture the color properly. So I feel like it is exactly yeah. like Clint says. It's going to yeah. flip where everyone's going to have the online stuff, but a lot more people are going to be really interested in the physical stuff again. Yeah, it's true. Or maybe people who start with the with the digital stuff because it's more affordable, right? And then mm-hmm. as their career or whatever progresses, they think, well, you know, I could actually buy a physical painting. and that's the that's the part that always confused me about some of the bigger headline nfts i kept thinking you know for the prices people pay if someone's paying you know a hundred thousand three hundred thousand a million dollars for an nft i kept thinking you could buy a lot of paintings for that price range yeah 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 but that's the crazy thing that what i see is uh, happening is that uh, sometimes people actually do pay more money for an NFT than for the physical. That is so so strange for me. Yeah. That's- strange development. Yeah. <laughs> that, that may just be the hype that it is experiencing at the moment. You know, like sometimes yeah, on- yeah, it is- you compare yeah. two companies, one is worth more than another when clearly the one that's worth less has a more promising future, you know. <laughs> well, you know, the on the blockchain, it will stay there forever somehow mm-hmm. i had this i had this idea that uh, if my house will burn down with all the paintings in it i will still have my work on the blockchain and that is reassuring feeling <laughs> that's very true yeah that's yeah. an interesting take that sort of flips conventional wisdom you know on its head right because you're used to thinking of what's digital being the thing that can disappear and what's physical being the thing yeah. that will but you yeah. you a good point right <laughs> Yeah, uh, your house yeah. burned down, and all that art is still there on the blockchain. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, always Although be there. There are well. still there are still dangers to having stuff digital, though, because I, I did read an article maybe like a couple months ago of someone who got hacked and all their NFTs got stolen. So yeah, <laughs> you oh can yeah, still yeah, <laughs> have that happen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, and and also the the whole digital uh, uh, money it gives me also a headache because I had a couple of times I forgot in my my password or my login code, and then you have to ha- have your secret phrase. I couldn't find it. You know, I'm big. I'm always very chaotic. And then I thought I lost all my money, but this this can happen. But I bought some extra device called a ledger, and it's like a hard hard wallet. Well, it's like a separate device connected to an app again. So every time if I have like a bigger amount, I put from the one wallet to another wallet. <laughs> but even that, yeah, is also fragile. Can also be scammed. Or, but yeah, what, what is safe in life? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is goes with some danger, but this That's is true. also just very new, and um, I, I'm curious where it will all go. It will be easier yeah. because you have the Bubble House. I don't know if you know that. It's also a new platform. It was already existing as like social media platform, but now they're also offering the NFTs, and that is not with the crypto coin. That is just with so you can pay with your credit card. So that's also a new development. That that was the goal we had. If if we build a platform, ah, that's, okay, yeah, and we integrate with your website automatically. Ah, yeah. Uh, because yeah. I I think that 
from the collector side, the whole getting a wallet, the passphrase, that that currently is a big obstacle to expanding the number of collectors. That's true. But you, yeah, maybe you will miss out a little bit to be part of this community feeling on Twitter. What is such an important part of the whole NFT experience, I think. Imagine how cool it would be if Twitter integrated NFTs into the platform. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You can I mean, do I, that. I, well, you can start your Twitter spaces uh, as as files. Files can start Twitter spaces. It can be more involved on Twitter. Yeah, definitely would work. I, I will. I will use it for sure if it becomes an option. Right. No, I meant. Well, imagine if Twitter made it where you could mint an NFT inside of a ah, tweet. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Connect. And I have heard people turning their tweets into NFTs and selling oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, probably that's that's already happening. Sometimes you see mm-hmm. the most crazy NFTs coming by. You know, also, of course, the parents say to the children, you can also make an NFT and then make some strange little film clip. Yeah, but that's a little waste of the space, I think. I think it should be it should be something, it should be art. Yeah. <laughs> Have there been any scams or fakes or problems in the Tezos community with the NFTs? Not what I heard of, not one. No. Most Only of them Ethereum. I've heard have been on Ethereum, yeah. but I, I guess the biggest scam is when people are tricked into, into letting people get access to their wallet and then they lose their NFTs. Yeah. Well, I, again, on Tezos, I have not heard one bad experience regarding scams or anything. Nothing. It's such a, a peaceful uh, community, uh, actually. And, uh, <laughs> you know, even now with the whole Ukraine uh, Everybody jumps right on it and doing all kinds of offering NFTs to support the Ukraine. Uh, I think that's, that's yeah, it warms my heart every day. I made a lot of new friends. It, uh, but, you know, you have to have the time to be active on the Twitter. That is the one important thing we didn't really talk about, that it takes a lot of time, Bill, to be yeah. part of this community. And uh, Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because I yeah. literally, I have a Twitter. I don't even know why, but... <laughs> Use it. I don't use it. And but now you no gotta idea. use it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you suggest someone like me who has absolutely like zero? How can I start getting involved as an artist on Twitter? Just show yourself. Are you active on Instagram? Yes. So it's the same the same way, but it's much more uh, quick. Uh, you know, you have to react. You post something, and you get immediate reaction back. And the best thing is to react again to people who uh, react so you have to have quick response all the time and that is mm. what's taking so much time i have to be honest I'm, I'm putting less hours into painting for the last four months but i feel like i'm i, I have to invest in that yes. at the moment and build up and then if i have maybe like maybe five thousand followers on twitter maybe i can you know put less time in it but for now i need to have more followers to be uh, more successful i think Yeah, so just show yourself, you know, I didn't know Twitter at all. I didn't know uh, because you have this this people uh, saying you can shill your work. You heard of the term shilling? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, and then they say, I will buy your work. And what? so I started reacting, okay, that would be great. (laughs) Thinking they, they said to me, I didn't get it at all. Like who was responding to whom? The Twitter, I I could not understand at all. I was such a clumsy, clumsy person. Uh, So now now I get it. But it took me like, I think, well, a few weeks to understand Twitter. (laughs) But again, that's probably the generation thing. 
Yeah, wow. just uh, you have to be very short in your text. That is, of course, typical Twitter. It only allows like that many characters. And that for me, compared to Instagram, where I can really tell something about a work or something about your thoughts, that is what I'm missing a little bit on Twitter. And I think the audience in general, it's very young people. If you go a little bit deeper into subject matter, you know, you have to be like a little bit hip and groovy in your way of talking. It's a different language. But as soon as you start on Twitter, you, you, will, you will see how other people do it and you will, you will learn. And of course, you have to just, you have to, of course, be yourself. I'm not saying you have to then suddenly be someone else. But it is because mm -hmm. it's, everything is so quick. You need to grab someone's attention with, you know, the way of giving, telling the message. You cannot be very, uh, yeah, uh, boring in your uh, message. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. do. I you understand. I don't, yeah. yeah. Twitter is, is different than other social networks. Yeah. But yeah. I think for this, for NFTs especially, Twitter tends to be a lot more tech savvy people than other social networks. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I can see why the NFTs and Twitter crowd mix because it's a very, you know, NFTs and blockchain are a very tech thing. It's very interesting and new right now. So that intersection of technology and art makes the most sense on Twitter. Right. And it's a little different than Instagram. Like you see people, these artists on Instagram with 100,000, 200, 500,000 followers. That is a very difficult number to reach on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, unless you're getting, unless you're somehow buying followers or getting followers in some kind of fake way, your followers on Twitter tend to be a lot more engaged because mm. I think those things move so fast and they can comment on any part of you. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no difference on Twitter between a reply and a post. I guess that's the biggest difference. On yeah, Instagram, definitely. You post, then people reply under that post. On Twitter, you post and then someone replies, but that new reply is also a standalone tweet, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And that, that was for me the confusion in the beginning, that I didn't get that. It's yeah. confusing in the beginning, but once you yeah. get it, well, for, for me, for every I, every other social network feels backwards to me after after you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I do enjoy also uh, Twitter a lot. I, I'm not so active on Instagram anymore, to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Twitter is uh, completely something on its own. But and the world. people can amplify your posts because they can, re they can repost it and they can retweet yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, the, the retweets, yes. And the quoted tweets, yeah. That the just quoted retweets. That can't happen so, on Instagram, right? Nobody can just yeah. spread your art so easily. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you can you can share. I think Instagram that happens, yeah, but it's but it's, it's, so not yeah. Yeah, you, it's, it's not as easy. Yeah, and it's not as easy. Yeah, you have to somehow grab the image and then re-upload it. I mean, it can be yeah. done more work. Yeah, yeah. But but I hear a lot of colleagues uh, complaining a bit about Twitter that it's addictive. So that it it's is. also mm. it's it's the nice part, you know, that it's so quick and a lot of responses. But yeah, it can get pretty addictive. So you have to be careful mm. for that. It, <laughs> it is. can be so time consuming. It is. I have to really. I have to switch off my computer if I start painting, or else I will be distracted all the time. You have to be careful for that. That's yeah. important advice for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything else. At some point, you just have to jump in and try it and play That's with it. That's it understand it right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, the misconception a lot of artists have in general about nfts the traditional artist i had the same idea in the beginning that uh, if i'm gonna uh, go into the nft world i have to make some digital uh, adjustment to my painting 
or to my sculpture or whatever to be interesting as an NFT. And that is so totally not true. Just only the painting, that's it. That's enough. Yeah. Then again, then again, there are a lot of traditional artists who also making some kind of uh, digital adjustments or uh, changes to the original, mm. uh, uh, and that is also popular. So I'm not saying that it's or this or that. It's many, yeah, many like options. Like you said earlier, yeah, yeah, There's, and the, the, mo- you can the make movie up the images, rules. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is so nice about the, the collaboration that, that you get in contact with with artists who can make an animation. I mean, I don't have to time the time to discover all these this new uh, techniques and to come in contact with other artists who, who know uh, how to do, to do that and to yeah. make something new together that creates something completely new and uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's great it's, a way to sell digital art for all these digital artists who have. Yeah. Struggled with what do you do with the digital? How do you sell a digital piece? Right? Suddenly, there's a yeah. path for them to do this. Yeah, for, yeah, for, for those yeah. artists, it's also... like golden times. That that's exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, back when I was like 13 or 12, I remember I would be on DeviantArt all the time, and it was oh, just yeah. filled with these amazing digital artists. And I was always wondering, like, yeah. how do they do anything with this? I mean, they can yeah. sell prints, but yeah. I felt like it just it didn't make sense because they were producing these incredible pieces that take so long to make. And it's just as time consuming as learning how to paint with oils. So I'm really happy for that group of people that they can actually make bank on this. (laughs) I I feel sometimes I feel a little bit guilty that I, you know, as a traditional uh, painter, I can sell my painting and I can sell my NFT. You know, I think, wow, the baby that looks yeah. a little bit greedy or something. <laughs> but you know, I'm not the only one. There's a bunch of artists that are doing it the same way. Oh, yeah. So that's that's our yeah. advantage, I guess. Yes, and also, yeah. um, like you mentioned earlier, you can sell, or like even like how you said about Jeremy Lipking, that you can sell something that you've already sold as an yeah. NFT, as long as you have a picture of it. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you need to have a good. You need to have a good picture because yeah, I made that picture. mistake. Because I, I think the most NFTs I'm selling now is also works that are gone that are already sold a long time ago, and uh, but some works I didn't make very good pictures of it, so it is, mm. I cannot use it as an NFT. It's important, right? I have a so high I guess resolution. That's, yeah, that's a tip for for any yeah. artist that's just starting Definitely. with the NFTs. Good pictures, get Tezos. Yeah. Go on Twitter a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and just reach out. Don't be afraid to ask uh, other artists uh, how, how things, because everybody is very helpful. I was oh. helped a lot with, his name is uh, uh, Rassan Agel. Oh, I, can, I can email you his name. He's a very mm. good artist. And I'm still every day in contact with him. Like He's such a sweetheart. And he, he really helped oh. me a lot. And now uh, if someone asks me something, I'm so happy if I can return this for someone else. Yeah. That is typical Tezos community. Very helpful, everybody. When you when first start, I forgot to ask this. You have to get the wallet, and I don't remember the name of the wallet, but we can. I'm sure we can figure that out. There are it, more options. Is the wallet where you convert? At for, so when you first start, you're not going to own any tezos yeah how do you convert real real quote unquote money to tezos is that does the wallet handle that or 
Oh, gee. Well, you know, that is some time ago that I had to do that. I think that goes uh, to another website where you have to exchange your money for uh, crypto coin. And then you can, again, from that uh, website, put on your digital wallet. So well, it's, in, it's going in a few steps. It's not like you just only need a digital wallet. You, you need another uh, website as well. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll come up with a way to mint an NFT on Tezos so we can just see the whole process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll mint one of Laura's pieces. Yeah, I'm, I'm love curious that. what I'm you... I'm actually I, considering I, it now. I think this has really enlightened, not just me, but hopefully our listeners, because I was also on the side of, I don't know what NFTs are, or I, I do have a very simple understanding, but it seems like really sketchy and inaccessible. So I'm really happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and now get on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is really the first step. And if you have no followers on Twitter, don't start yet with minting or anything. Just first yeah. take your time, get to build know the, the community and mm -hmm. build an audience. And maybe if you have like 500 followers, well, you can just mint your first piece, I think. Something around that nice. amount. Before that, awesome. there's no use. Ah. Yeah. So you I did. will uh, keep my eye on you. I haven't looked what you what you are making actually, but I will I will look it up. Laura Arango. Yeah, yeah. What a what a <laughs> difficult name. <laughs> Where oh, are you sorry. from? <laughs> um, I'm from Colombia, but okay. my mom's side is from Austria, so it's a bit of a ah, weird mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. we will meet in the Tesla space then. Yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Looking forward. Thank you so much. Yeah, you did a better job of explaining that, but that's the point I kind of made poorly in that article was don't jump right to NFTs before you build up a following. You can't sell. It's a general marketing principle. You can't sell something yeah. before you have demand for it. Yeah, okay. To, it's true. You have to demand first and then offer Yeah, it. okay. But at yeah. some point, you just have to just start uh, uh, minting and listing your work. And then, you know, the work will be seen and put yourself out there in all these Discord groups and even go to the clubhouse and, you know, do everything and talk a lot in the Twitter spaces, and do all these things and you will find your followers for sure. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sitting down with us and explaining this. It's very enlightening to hear somebody explain that whole community and that particular blockchain firsthand. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was important to tell this uh, this uh, positive uh, experience which I have. Thank yeah. you. Yes. You're thank you. So thank welcome. you so much, yeah. both of you too. Because I know Clint, yeah. you put a lot of info in those articles, and they were really interesting. I feel like without reading them, I don't know if I would have gotten to understand what we were talking about. So, <laughs> I think we I think we have another one coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A follow up. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay, well, if so I can much, be guys. of any help uh, in the future, just reach out to me and I'll be happy to help. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so, you, guys. I'll okay. be seeing you on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See you soon there. Okay. <laughs> See you on Thank Twitter. You. <laughs>